0: So have you seen the Banshees of... In a and I, I have not. just think the trailer is hilarious. It's about two friends that like break up essentially, right? Yeah. And like one friend's older and he is, they're like lifelong friends. Like I think they're in this like small town. He's like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And he's like, I don't understand. Like, I really want to be your friend. Like, what did I do to you? He's like, you didn't do anything. I just don't like you no more. <laughs> And this whole thing is in like a thick, like Irish accent or whatever. So it's just so funny. And and then like the the guy who is getting dumped, his sister, I think, goes up to this other man. He's like, What is wrong? Like you're breaking his heart. And he's like, Your brother is dull as shit. And <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, but he's always been dull as shit. So like what's the problem? <laughs> And then like the next scene, he's just like trying to explain why he can't hang out with this guy anymore to his face. He's like, last week, you talked to me for two hours about what is in your donkey's shit bucket. (laughs) And and this guy gets so mad. He was like, it wasn't my donkey's shit bucket. It was my pony's shit bucket. So you weren't even listening to me.
1: (laughs) Okay, maybe I should watch this. All you people, can't you
2: see, can't you see How your love's affecting our reality <laughs> Every time i <laughs> down, you can make it right And that makes you larger I may run and hide when you scream in my name All right
0: Welcome everyone to Bottomless Broadway where we talk musicals over mimosas This is our... Second episode of the season, um, and we're going to talk about Anne Juliet, which I'm super excited about. I guess like a little background, the two of us saw it together last May on the West End, and then you recently saw it on Broadway. I haven't yep. yet. I'm going to. We loved it the first time. Yeah, it I was think great. it was my favorite show when during our London trip. It was definitely my favorite musical. What was better? I I did like Life of Pi more, Oh. I liked Life of Pi. Not as much as this. I just feel like Broadway doesn't get a lot of this, so it's just like such a breath of fresh air. And I guess we both liked it more than Cabaret, which is like kind of an upset. Cabaret was good, but I don't know. Like,
1: I think it was more that the text was good and the staging like supported the text, but I don't feel like it did anything for me separately. I enjoyed
0: how immersive it was, but I feel like if I saw it in a regular theater, it would be like so not memorable to me. I remember like we left Anne Juliet and we were running to our bar crawl (laughs) yeah, and we were just like, oh my God, London understands camp. But I'm glad (laughs) that it's getting a good reception in New York, too so i came up with five words all right i had to remove an article to make it to keep it at five words um but it's if six queens wrote musical (laughs) (laughs) you know they're both that kind of like well they're both like very bubblegum pop and in like this Mm -hmm. case it's literally bubblegum pop but like you know like six is very inspired by that you know like Each Mm -hmm. queen is like a different pop diva. They're both like very like feminist and female forward. And they also kind of focus on this like what if scenario where like the women get to be center stage. And I especially really like it in Aunt Juliet because I feel like the idea of like what if Juliet didn't wake up and kill herself is something that like every modern girl who has read Romeo and Juliet in school has like maybe thought of not necessarily <laughs> like what if she woke up and had a hoe phase but just like you know like what if like, just like why did she do that yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just like that was stupid like what if they were just a little less dumb maybe things could have worked out like it's just like a what if that people think about anyway mm-hmm. so it's perfect yeah
1: mine is more simple it's just max martin is a genius um <laughs> For those that don't know, all the songs in Romeo, or all the songs in And Juliet are based solely off of songs that Max Martin has done. And for those who don't know the name Max Martin, definitely go look it up and look up his song catalog. Every major solo female singer and then the Backstreet Boys are what makes up this. There's so much
0: Backstreet Boys, like, and their song titles are not unique. So every time I see something, I see a song name and I think it's someone else's song. It's actually Backstreet Boys. (laughs) I mean, okay, so like later on in the show, there's a wedding. We won't spoil whose wedding it is, but they use As Long As You Love Me as (laughs) the the vows. And when I saw that, I was like, it has to be Justin Bieber's As Long As You Love Me because that's the perfect vow song. He's like, as long as you love me, we could be homeless. We could be broke. You know, Mm -hmm. that's very... Very strong in sickness and in health vibes. But they use the backstreet boys as long as you love me. I was like, seriously? I'll give a summary. Yep. When the show starts, like, Juliet wakes up from her fake poison at the end of Romeo and Juliet, the play. Um, and she sees Romeo dead. And she doesn't kill herself. Instead, she just cries and goes to his funeral. At the funeral, she realizes that Romeo has had a lot of women. Um <coughs> Like, the whole town shows up to his funeral. (laughs) She's, like, kind of mad, and her parents are even madder because they're like, we can't believe that you had an affair with this boy. We're going to, like, make you a nun now. So she and her nurse, Angelique, and her non-binary friend, May, and somehow Shakespeare's wife, eventually, (laughs) um, decide to, like, run away on a girl's trip to Paris, where... They crash a party and meet this, like, new prince-type character named Francois. Um, Francois is basically having, like, a Prince Charming-style ball where he has to pick a wife. Otherwise, his dad is shipping him off to the army. (laughs) So (laughs) they sneak into this party, and Francois and Juliet kind of hit it off because they're like, oh, we both hate our parents. They always force us to do shit that we don't like. And they... Basically get engaged the next day. That's like the story that's going on. But underneath that, it actually like the show starts with Shakespeare being introduced to his cast, the cast of Romeo and Juliet. And he's kind of like workshopping this play as like bookends of the show his wife Anne Hathaway shows up and is just like, I don't understand why Juliet has to be a dumb bitch. And they basically fight over the plot the whole time. So Shakespeare is like a little dipshit and decides to revive Romeo from the dead right after Juliet gets engaged (laughs) to Francois and basically like a lot of bullshit ensues. That's pretty much the entire first act.
1: Um, I guess the appearance of Romeo is a little bit of a surprise, but they've also done promotional stuff with Romeo, so I don't know how much they're trying to keep that under wraps.
0: There's not major, major plot twist spoilers in this show I overall. It's a good book in the sense that like, it utilizes a lot of like Shakespeare tropes, and yeah. it's very <laughs> funny and fun, but I don't think there's that much to spoil. Like, I don't think the the plot is, like, good because of its suspense or anything. Right. So don't, like, stress too much. Yeah. I feel so like about we'll spoilers.
1: Pretty much just go through the whole thing. Um, But if you don't want to know more in detail, just stop
0: listening after Act 1. Cool. So first song is Larger Than Life. And this is, like I was saying, Shakespeare is being introduced to his cast that is going to be playing... Romeo and Juliet um I just love the characterization of Shakespeare as this like (laughs) haughty rock star um
1: it is funny because this is technically the second time that Shakespeare has been portrayed as like a full of himself rock star because that's also what Something Rotten does where Mm -hmm. but that is actually set more in Shakespeare's time but he also has an intro song where at that time he is being played by Christian Borle and he's basically in like Leather pants and fake chainmail shirt, and he's in the park, and all his fans are swooning. So it was kind of funny to see them take the same approach here.
2: Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Yeah, now I'm more lovely and more temperate, and the rough wind shake, the darling buds of May. sensation what shall we call it will power i am the will of the
0: people now is there like um like on that note is there like an era for this show it's it's a little bit of a mix
1: it is vaguely shakespearean but also modern like they go to a club they juliet has headphones on when you first see her but it I think the idea is that what if Romeo and Juliet was written with modern sensibilities but still had that Shakespearean fable, like legend sort of thing? Because they're singing pop songs of the 90s and
0: 2000s anyway, so it's like, all right, cool, we're just going to roll with this. The next song is I Want It That Way, which comes back a lot. Yeah, I think they got the most mileage out of this song because
1: Anne Hathaway, famously Shakespeare's wife, um, came to, I guess, hang out with him at work because she was just like, I'm tired of being at home with the kids all the time and you're always in London, whatever. And that's when, as, as Cindy mentioned, she is like, well, Juliet's kind of a dumb bitch at the end. What if she doesn't? And she also has this whole sort of side plot of trying to reconnect with her husband because she feels like, they aren't on the same page anymore and they like married young and had children and whatever. And so she wants to be involved in the stuff that he's doing. And the whole framing device for the show is that they're having this sort of big custody battle over who gets to write the show. They turn this into an argument, which is I think a little bit clever. Um, it was funny cause I was looking at the Wikipedia page for this and people were talking about how no one really knew what the song meant when it first came out. Like, They were like, I want it that way, What? What? which way? And a lot of people just blamed it on the fact that Max Martin was Swedish, and at the time, he didn't know English as well. And they were like, maybe he just strung some words together.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's still, like, a huge song. Yeah.
1: Whoever said
0: you needed songs
1: to make sense to become big? Obviously not Max Martin.
0: I mean, I don't... I feel like no one thinks that. (laughs) Yeah. This song is, like, so corny, though. Like, they keep cutting each other off, and... They're just like aggressively being like, do you even love me? Am I your one desire? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So actually that brings us to kind of a point that I wanted to talk about. The main thing that sort of bothered me in the West End was really the characterization of Anne Hathaway because she, and she actually wanted Olivier for this, Cassidy Jansen, who we did also see, but she had this sort of like. Oh, I'm just. What do I know? I'm just your wife, like. And then as she was sort of writing the plot, she had almost like a manic pixie dream girl vibe to her, like, "Oh, look at me, haha! I'm writing the plot, like that sort of thing." And it kind of bothered me, which, and I'm I'm not sure why, but just every time she was on stage, I was kind of like, I don't really want to hear from her that much anymore, and it it just felt like. Her characterization was just always she really wanted to be the center of attention or she really wanted to be like, look, I'm in the plot. Aren't I cool? And I just wasn't a huge fan of that. And I think she's probably the biggest difference between West End and Broadway because Betsy Wolf takes a very different approach. And at first, I didn't like her either because the whole first act, she was kind of very it felt like she wasn't emoting. It, everything she did was just seemed really flat and I was like, is she just not acting? But as we find out throughout the show, like she sort of has this big moment later in the show where she, like, kind of rages at Shakespeare and talks about how she was, she felt sort of abandoned with their children and that she didn't get to do anything and that he, you know, had all these rumors of taking other lovers and all that stuff. And I guess the idea is that in the beginning she is very flat because she's low-key pissed and also she's trying to just be really passive aggressive and so I did kind of think that was slightly more interesting to me
2: Am I-
0: Then we actually get into the play itself, which Baby One More Time is when Juliet wakes up and doesn't kill herself, but just cries. Have you seen her like Britney spears's old interviews where they're like, what does it mean? And she's like, Oh, you know, it just means I'm like, really? See, <laughs> are you? Maybe sure? you maybe we sure. can track
1: like the progression of Max Martin's command over the English language through all of these songs. <laughs> She's basically at Romeo's sarcophagus, grave, whatever, and just sitting there. And it turns into this really big power ballad moment instead of a pop moment. Because she is like, oh, my loneliness is killing me. I mean, I do think it takes a little bit of a similar approach as Jagged Little Pill, where they did try to really listen to the lyrics of the songs and actually try to make them all work. Um, That's a credit to the book writer David West Reed. And he did talk about how pop music is pretty repetitive. And so he tried specifically to make sure that each verse, whenever it was repeated, would have like a different meaning or would be sung slightly differently, just so it actually progressed a little more and more similar to actual musical theater songs rather than just pop songs that are trying to repeat a lot so they get stuck in your head.
0: I feel like the songs keep getting shorter as the album goes <laughs> on. Like they also just don't repeat a lot because there's no room for it. Like half of the album is like 40 second cuts. <laughs> yeah. Um for me at least though, like I don't think they fit like nearly as well yeah. as Jagged little pill. And that's fine. Like I don't think that's the problem. They do feel a little shoehorned in, but because you know? it's camp, You're just like, oh, ha-ha,
1: look, they managed to get that in.
0: I mean, they even have, like, an original song later on. And I feel like they were just like, we really like this song. Let's (laughs) put it in. But anyway, the song after this is um, Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely. This is Romeo's funeral, Mm -hmm. right? And a bunch of girls show up sobbing. And Juliet is like, seriously? Which... I feel a little bad for Romeo in this case because, like, he might have been a man whore, but he did kill himself for her. (laughs) So I feel like she could be a little forgiving. But Somewhere around this time is when Anne
1: Hathaway writes herself into the show because she decides that Juliet needs friends. So she writes in May, who is Juliet's non-binary friend. She gives the nurse a bigger role, like names her Angelique. And then she writes herself into the show because she's like, I just want to have fun. I'm here on vacation, essentially. And she calls herself April so that she's like, oh, get it. It's April, May and July at which I'm like, why didn't she call herself June, though? (laughs) Like that bothered me, but it's fine. (laughs) I
0: just don't know. I see. Yeah. I mean, I like the sentiment that she's just like, in order for Juliet to make better choices in her life from now on, she needs some girlfriends. Yeah. So her parents show up. They're like, you're going to be a nun. <laughs> and Anne Hathaway, who's April now, and May, and the nurse go on a girl's trip to Paris for their whole phase. There's like some fun lights or whatever as they like ride their little bicycle carriage. <laughs> To Paris. And that's basically like Domino and Show Me Love. Like Domino is like they decide yep. to go. Show me love is the like travel montage there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute travel montage. It's very long. <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't waste this love, I wanna give it to you. So then more interesting stuff happens where they, you know, they want to um go out. So they find a party and it is being hosted by Francois's dad, Lance. This is the Prince Charming Ball. And Francois, you see him get into an argument with his father. That's the whole like you gotta marry someone else or else you go into the army. And they <laughs> they like try to go in, um, also, there's a brief aside where Anne Hathaway is like, "Oh wait, Juliet's 14." J.K. She's now like 23 because I'm not going clubbing with a 14 year old. So that's what "Blow" is the um the Kesha song.
0: Is this like the big dance floor dance breakdown with the chandelier? Yes.
1: So they basically break into this party and then she rides a chandelier.
0: Because you were saying how like Juliet's even better on broadway and i do think i like her voice on the broadway album better but we didn't see regular juliet we saw understudy juliet Mm -hmm. in london and she was amazing she was like equal parts a fantastic belter and a very strong dancer like she was so good she was
1: stronger at dancing than the current broadway juliet uh we saw zara mcintosh i pulled up the cast list and i thought she was really good too in london yeah and so, yeah, she was
0: amazing. She was such a good dancer. She
1: really was,
0: and like very synchronized. Yeah, that was, it was just very impressive. Mm-hmm. It was like the K-pop musical. Yeah, which also I hadn't realized the
1: choreographer for the K-pop musical is also the same choreographer that did this show.
0: That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's blow. It's like a big fun ensemble number. And then, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Is May's first song. I don't really remember how it comes up. Like, May is in the bathroom with Juliet, which is like, you know, classic clubbing Mm -hmm. location. And
1: May just sort of, I think, struggles between which bathroom to go into because they are non binary and they don't really. And this is also sort of their coming out song to Juliet of I'm not a girl or a boy, I'm in between. And Juliet is. Fine with that because she's a good friend. May's whole storyline kind of also bothers me. It didn't bother me at the time, but just thinking about it, I think it's great that you know you have another non-binary character for Broadway. And famously, Justin David Sullivan, who plays May in the Broadway production, turned down possible Tony nominations because they didn't think that it was like okay that the Tonys separated nominations by gender. But both of May's songs mention being a girl. And I feel like this is probably the most shoehorned in part of the score that sort of bothers me because after both songs that May sings, May has to be like,
0: But also, I'm not a girl. They could have changed the lyrics like a tiny bit and it would have been perfect, but they really didn't change much at all. It wasn't even clear to me when watching the show that May May was non-binary, actually. I was just like, maybe May is trans. Because the song really doesn't help. It sounds like May is like lamenting about not being a woman. Well,
1: so at some point... There's, like, a little bit of a love triangle that's about to happen where May and Francois run into each other, and they're both like, wow, you're really cute. And Francois is, like, just so happy to meet someone that he has not met before because he's met all the girls in the town and is like, I don't want to marry any of them. And so he meets May, and then he also runs into Juliet, and they sing, like, an angsty Britney Spears song together about how much their parents suck.
0: They, like, bond over it, and then they, like... Hook up. Weird thing to bond over. Don't date people because of shared trauma for all the kids out there. But also, at some point, Lance is like, I don't know this Juliet bitch. I did not invite her. I had a very set number of women for my son <laughs> to choose from. And then Juliet is like, Quick, nurse, distract him while I hook up <laughs> with this new guy. And Angelique shows up and is like, Lance you know me i don't really know like she used to nurse his kids i guess and they were also having an affair at the time right so then they sing teenage dream and break free together oh no they sing that they hook up first yeah they yeah. wake up and sing that that in the morning mm-hmm. after yeah
1: which is honestly a great mashup um it works surprisingly well because lance is also very earnest he's like also a dumb dumb boy character except he's old so He's just like, yes, like, you know, we couldn't be together before, but now my wife is dead. So it's fine. And
0: (laughs) I I still miss you, whatever.
1: And Angelique is just like, this was a mistake. My focus is Juliet. Fuck you.
0: Lance is like, don't worry about Juliet. Like, she can handle herself. She must be 14 already. And Angelique (laughs) is like, she's 20. We aged her up when we entered this party. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and on
1: Broadway, Lance is like an actual opera singer. So it's even funnier cuz he has this very very deep voice singing Break Free and yeah. The physical comedy cuz they're just like chasing each other around the bed, it's great. Top notch.
0: realizing like how simple how like each song just lines up with like one very simple plot point cuz right. I feel like when we were recording Kimberly we would talk about one song and be like and then this happened and then that happened and then there's a scene in between them <laughs> yeah. and i feel like angela just like keeps it simple um you well, know well it's the songs drive the plot in
1: terms of how they could fit the songs in and yeah. I'd be very curious to just hear the behind the scenes of how the show was put together because it it feels like okay, what's the next song we want to slot in that could change the plot? And then they sort of write
0: the plot around accommodating that song. Yeah. I think like the next number is one of my favorites because Oops, I did it again is Juliet realizing that she's the problem. Like, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> this is this is her anti hero. Um, she wakes up in bed next to Francois and Francois like immediately proposes to her because he's like all my life I've been telling my dad that I do not want to marry any of these women at the parties and you're the first person I can tolerate so I'm going for it like <laughs> yeah. I'm going in and she's just like fuck I like god damn it I made another guy go crazy for me like Romeo's grave is still warm <laughs>
1: This is also just a really funny song cue because he proposes and she just looks like she's looking at him and they're both standing sideways to the audience and she just looks directly to the audience and immediately goes into like, oops, I did it again, you know. And so it's just so sudden. There's no build up to
0: the song whatsoever. But like everyone knows the song. So you like immediately know where it's going. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's like all prepared to show say no to Francois. But then her parents show up and they're yeah. like, bitch, where you been? We're taking you to the nunnery. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I am going to marry Francois then.
1: Yeah. And also it's she describes it as a win-win for him because he gets to not join the army with all his other brothers that joined the army because I guess they didn't find women either. All
0: his brothers went to join the army. Like, how shitty are the women in Paris?
1: <laughs> because he had that whole connection for five seconds with may he sees may again may does not know that him and juliet are recently engaged and so then they end up making out which then they start singing i kissed a girl again another number about may where may has to be like but i'm not a girl i don't know if you've seen the good place but in the good place um you have janet who is like the siri impersonation robot helper and every time they're just like wow She's so cool. What a cool girl. She's
0: like, I'm not a girl. Exactly. And that's how I feel (laughs) May is this entire show. Yeah. And then, like, somewhere in between songs, Anne Hathaway is livid. She is just like, Shakespeare, it is ridiculous that, like, your female characters cannot stay not engaged for, like, a full act, please. Are you kidding (laughs) me? Oh, yeah. Because,
1: basically, they're fighting over the quill. and. Anne Hathaway was writing the whole clubbing scene and all that. And then Shakespeare was like, but what if I throw in a wrench into your plans? And then they're fighting. And at some point, I think it's around here, they have this like angry tango. And that's when she just lets loose about like, oh, you had all your other affairs. I'm just sitting at home wondering when I'll ever see you again. That was like the turning point of when she stopped being so emotionless. And then Shakespeare... Is like, you know what? I can fuck things up even more. <laughs> and because Shakespeare lives for the drama. And he brings back what Romeo in what is like probably one of the greatest theater entrances ever because you just hear like the guitar, the electric guitar intro and Romeo descends from the ceiling with with, like the giant sign saying Romeo in the background. Because in the beginning of the show, you see the sign saying Anne Juliet and you see a few letters scattered around that could properly spell Romeo, but you don't see a Romeo sign. So Romeo is now back from the heaven. He is descending. He has his own sign in case people didn't know who he was. And he just starts belting out, it's my life.
0: He looks looks like such a fuck boy and he is just like he's such a man he's just like there's no way there's another man in her life (laughs) yeah the only one and then he has like some groupies or whatever that are like romeo romeo you're her only hope (laughs) there's like a part in the song where bon jovi says like two different names so it gets perfectly replaced with romeo and juliet it's like romeo and juliet who never gave up or whatever Mm -hmm. and like it's just amazing that they were able to find a song to do that. That's also so perfect <laughs> otherwise, because, like, the song is called It's My Life. Romeo's back from the dead, belting I want to live while I'm alive. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: So that is the end of Act 1. Juliet does also have a couple verses in this song. Anne Hathaway has to tell her, yo, so um, there's something going on. And then Romeo, like, shows up. He's like, I'm back for my wife. And you forget that they were married.
0: I feel like I went into intermission just so happy
1: it's a great act one finale number especially considering that you know it wasn't written as an act one finale there's a plot twist now there's something new happening juliet's already in trouble based on the engagement to a guy that she obviously doesn't really care about french and may have a whole thing and now you have romeo thrown into the mix like it's a perfect way to end act one
0: act two we start off with the romeo song love me like
1: you do it's a very romantic song and this is one of those 40 second cuts that they're like that's enough of that romeo
0: but it's also like the title is kind of like demanding he's just like i'm back now love me the way that you used to (laughs) Yeah, which is what causes juliet to launch into since you've been gone which Mm -hmm. is great response yeah she's just at like a classic Paris cafe or something
1: and he shows up and oh really um the set isn't that interesting in terms of like I don't think it would win any awards but it does work really well for just what it does and there are a couple things that I did not expect the set to do
0: it's so so pretty though it's like it's like Boulogne Rouge on a budget yeah
1: (laughs) which I mean I feel like that sort of describes this show too. It's like visually it's Milan Rouge on a budget, but I think the writing is just way better.
0: Yeah, I mean like I feel like there are no misses with the mashups in this show. Mm-hmm. And they were all misses in <laughs> yeah. Rouge. So I mean like this just proves that it can't be that hard. Right. So Francois
1: and May have a another song together. I honestly did not care about this couple that much. They were kind of exhausting. Um but they sing What Do You Want From Me? Which I did not realize was an Adam Lambert song. I just Oh really knew it from somewhere and it was I
0: feel like it was yeah. the first song that came out after, you know, he lost American Idol mm-hmm. and it was a big upset. Basically May is just like confronting Francois and just like, So are you yeah. really gonna like marry Juliet? And like it kind of fits well with the song because there's just like I think, like, there's that one line that's, like, there was a time in my life where, like, I would just let this happen. Like, basically, like, let you marry Juliet and just be your, like, secret gay lover. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that anymore. Yeah. And
1: Francois, as mentioned earlier in the show, to quote Brittany, has been overprotected. So he does not know how to make a decision in his life, too. It's a classic trope of not knowing how to go against his parents' wishes, and he kind of just takes the path of least resistance,
0: which right now is just marrying Juliet. What even happens at the end of the song? Does Francois just run away? I think so.
1: (laughs) They resolve nothing. There might have been a time when I would give myself away,
2: So what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Just don't give up. I'm working it out. Please don't give in. I'll let you down. It messed me up. I need a second to breathe. Just keep
0: coming around. One more try happens next. This is like a Shakespeare and Hathaway song, right? No, this is actually Romeo and Juliet. Oh,
1: really? It's the one where they're sitting on the bench that like floats into the air. Oh. Stuff.
0: Yeah. So,
1: this is the one original song from the show, which Max Martin wrote with Jesse J. And Jesse J. also recorded a version of this, which is on the Weston album.
0: I feel like I expect this song to do a lot, like tie the show together as the only original. And it just doesn't. I guess they
1: also didn't want it to make... Because, you know, normally musical theater songs are very specific to the situation and stuff. And because none of the other songs were written for the show, I guess they didn't want to make it too specific so that it would stand out. Because it is very vague. Like, it could be a pop song. I didn't realize it was original for the show. I thought it was some random deep cut of Max Martin's. And I think it fits in with the score in that sense. Um. The whole Romeo and Juliet arc in this section of the show is very confusing because last we saw, she's saying, since you've been gone, and now Romeo's like, oh, you know, can we forgive each other? I just want one more try. And um, Juliet also seems like she is okay with that a little and they have this very romantic floating bench scene where they, like, strap themselves into the park bench and then it floats over the moon or whatever.
0: And See, that's a cool set. It is, yeah. What did you want to say about the costumes, by the way? Oh, um,
1: I, I did really like how they are both modern and sort of Elizabethan. Like, they have the cap sleeves and stuff. And I actually really like Juliet's blue costume where it's a corset top, but I think leather leggings maybe. But then she has the cap sleeves, not on the actual sleeves, but just floating mm-hmm. on her upper arm.
0: It's like, again, very six. Yeah. So yeah, one more try. Barely remember it. I it's do like a pretty ballad. Yeah, I do
1: like the song. I just, it's, it, it's fine. <laughs> they could have just skipped straight to the next song, which is Problem and I Can't Feel My Face. How
0: do they even switch from? Because these are also Romeo and Juliet songs, right? Right. So one more try it's is like a them. total one eighty. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's a little bit whiplash.
1: Like one more try is them together. Because when when Juliet is with Romeo, she remembers, I guess, being in love with him and all the romantic times they had together. And then they leave, and they leave each other and they're singing this song separately, the two songs separately, both Problem and Can't Feel My Face. And so, and I guess it does start with lyrics that make sense because she says, baby, even though I hate you, I want to love you. Even though I can't forgive you, I really want to. Um, so it makes sense. Like, and I, I think this struggle is interesting because, you know, we sort of write off their romances like, Oh, well they only knew each other for three days, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she, is sort of struggling with the fact that she did really have a strong emotional connection with him. And it's hard to just forget about that with, now that he's back from the dead. So that's where she's coming from. I honestly don't know if we need Can't Feel My Face because I don't really care about that part of the song. Yeah, I, I love this version of Problem. And this has, this part also is a really great choreography moment. Like, I just hear the song and I can sort of envision the choreography. It's a little more angry than the original like Ariana Grande version and stuff. It's a lot more aggressive and I I just really like this version. Also, in the show, Romeo just leaves before the hard choreography starts, so I don't know if he's not a dancer or if he just they were just like let's
0: kick him out so that we could have the girls here. Maybe they just wanted to bring the focus back to her.
2: She told me to not no more.
1: Meanwhile, she's still engaged to Francois, and the wedding is again like the next day. I guess more than three-day engagements just did not exist in those times. So.
0: They're in a huge rush. Like she doesn't want to go. That, oh yeah, that's true,
1: because otherwise she'll basically get deported he by her parents. Go to the army.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way it is. This is Julia and Anne, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they're both just kind of accepting life. Yeah. Julia well, is like, I'm marrying someone I don't like. Anne is just is sad and it's just like i feel you <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and it, it is funny because this whole time Anne has been pretending to be like Juliet's age and she's like you know i got married to my husband when i was 26 and then we had two kids and then she was like but 26 was a very recent time because i'm young like you are <laughs> <laughs> That is Anne's big number. That's the one everyone talks about for her. She just sings her heart out for the last few verses. Like, she commands the stage for that. I do see why people are talking about her for featured actress. So, would
0: not be surprised. The next few songs are kind of all in a row. Um, They're on the wedding. Somewhere along the way, Romeo joins a band.
1: Well, no. Okay. So, here's the thing. So, Shakespeare again is trying to regain control of his, what is, originally his story he just also again wants to add drama to everything so he's like we got to get romeo into the wedding somehow lance has been talking about how they used to all be in a family band together but you know all of Francois's brothers are in the army now so oh what a shame they can't be here and (laughs) shakespeare just writes himself in as one of Francois's brothers with romeo also as one of his brothers and they do this very terrible undercover moment where they're like yeah we're totally your brothers like let's go and so they <laughs> <laughs> create the family band again oh their last name is Dubois so they sing everybody and instead of Backstreet's back tonight the boy bands back tonight because Dubois is spelled like boys um, that part was also kind of clever I
0: feel like it's already funny in the original version like the Backstreet Boys version mm-hmm. But when they start the song with, oh, my God, we're back again, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Like, I crack up when I listen to the cast album every time. <laughs> like, And then we yeah. have
1: As Long As You Love Me, which you mentioned. It is the Backstreet Boys version. It is pretty funny because Juliet questions these very much. She's like, what do you mean you don't care who I am or where I'm from or what I do? And Frankie is just like, it sounded a lot better in my head. I'm like, you know, this is valid.
0: (laughs) Does May just run on stage? Or Yeah, so I think Juliet at
1: this point is also like, I don't know if I can do this. And Francois sees May and he realizes that he also doesn't want this.
0: So Romeo is super happy. I think he's just like, Hell yeah, I get my wife back. I'm the only one for you. Juliet's parents are like, okay, well, you're not marrying him again. So (laughs) it's back to the convent for you. Juliet sings Stronger. This is her like storming out of the scene.
1: Yeah. I thought this was really cool because one of the lines is, my loneliness ain't killing me no more, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, what she originally said in Baby One More Time. Um, and I guess that's also in the original Britney song, and but it actually worked really well for this show because I think I was saying after this, sh- after we first saw this show, that I do kind of miss reprises, and you know, a lot of shows have mm-hmm. underscoring or just like snippets of songs coming back to sort of connect back to right. previous songs, and that this show didn't really have it that much except for the very beginning and very end. Right. So this, I guess, is the closest we got to it, and I was like, oh, that's neat. And I don't think they do much underscoring either. Like, there's not, they don't really play the instrumental of a song under a dialogue scene or anything Mm -hmm. that much, unless it's about to be that song.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it would just tie the show together better and also, like, make it so that there's a little less to digest. Right. Because, on one hand, like, we do already know most of these songs, so it's not a big deal. And, like, yeah, it's just a fun jukebox musical. Mm -hmm. But, on the other hand like there are just so many songs to keep track of right you know at least they didn't do 75 (laughs) but they also like could have done the show just as well with less songs right you might think that
2: i won't make it on my own I haven't been running from my problems. I've been running from you. What kind of parents would rather see their daughter dead than be married to a man from the wrong family?
1: fucking perfect is angelique telling her she's not the problem and that she's fine
0: it's not even just like she's like oh Juliet, you're perfect it's more just like we all make mistakes yeah everybody makes mistakes and you're fine and the nurse is truly great
1: oh we forgot to mention during oops i did it again The nurse also Mm -hmm. sings a couple of verses of that because that's her also (laughs) reflecting on her affair with Lance. So they're like singing it together. And I think they're actually in the same space while they're singing it because Juliet's like, what you hooked up with Lance, like a little judgy, but you know, she's like, whatever (laughs) you hooked up with first wall. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. their relationship is great. And that brings us to what feels like the finale of the show. Juliet gets to sing Roar as her finally sort of reclaiming her own life and all that. Um, She has a great costume change because she is wearing this wedding dress that is off the shoulder and then she goes upstage and then they, I guess, like tear it off of her. But then all of a sudden she's wearing that sort of mini skirt, uh, bubble skirt dress with the feather across her shoulder. And I'm still trying to figure out how they put the feather on because you would have seen that on the previous dress and I don't know where it came from.
0: I really don't remember this. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I I was just like thinking about that. The entirety of Roar, I'm like, does it fold down? Did they put it on after? Like, (laughs) where did it come from? Um, I had a lot of questions, but she sings the hell out of Roar. It's great. Um, And it's like such a big number that it really feels like the end of the show to me. So the fact that they're are like is like another half song after this. Almost felt weird, but I think it ended pretty well anyway. Yeah, we finally get yeah. a reprise of "I Want It That Way." I want it that way again, they got so much mileage out of that song. I am pretty convinced that like David West Reed probably just realized that I want Anne Hathaway scans the same way as I want it that way. And He's like, you know, I could do something with this, and that was probably. <laughs> the like journey that he took to
0: get to this show (laughs) so I Want It That Way is now like Shakespeare's love song to Anne um and yeah he's like I want Anne Hathaway and then he's like I love you so much and then she's like tell me why and then he basically just like says all these really sweet things that are no longer part of the original Backstreet Boy song I just hate that he says I can write plays for days like (laughs) Also, I think Shakespeare,
1: half his lines are spoken in verse because he thinks he's a cool poet or whatever. Right, so
0: what? Is, I can write endless plays. I can write plays for days, but there will never be another Anne Hathaway. Like this whole <laughs> little triplet. I just feel like he is being an idiot. <laughs> I mean, Which, it's established yeah. that he is, so it's fine. <laughs> and then, of course, everyone laughs about the other Anne Hathaway thing, right. which was pretty funny.
1: Earlier, Anne Hathaway had stolen the quill and she broke it in half. And Shakespeare was like, oh, no, you broke the quill. Now we won't have control over how this ends. Juliet's on her. Oh, no, he's very dramatic about this whole thing. But, <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of like mysticism there, I guess. But then they go to... Romeo and Juliet are like standing together on this platform sort of thing and they agree to just go on a first date and to sort of start again. That's pretty cute.
2: Now I can see that you're falling apart From the way that it used to be yeah. No matter the distance I want you to know That deep down inside, oh.
0: kind of talked about this in Kimberly Akimbo, but it's just like if the choice was ours, we would probably pick this as the best musical. I definitely enjoyed this more. Yeah, and it's yeah. also it's like it's also very well done. Like there's shows that we can enjoy, like some Like It Hot, but it's just like we know that there is nothing super special about it. It's like, yeah, like it follows the formula of a musical. It's fine, you mm-hmm. know? And in Juliet feels a little bit more than that like there is you know more to it on top of being a campy jukebox musical and it already does that very very well and i think like it actually does have an interesting plot and interesting characters and it's also just like an upbeat fantastic time yeah um but it doesn't feel like a dumb fantastic time like moulin right
1: (laughs) it's not you're not just there for the songs like the songs are sort of the highlight of the show but they the like yeah you do feel kind of invested in the plot you do like the characters
0: i think that's what pisses me off so much is that moulin rouge did win best musical and the only thing it did better was spend more money (laughs) yeah I remember talking to people from work about it
1: and they were like, wow, Moulin Rouge is literally tourist trash. And I was like, but it's probably going to run for like five years. And they're like, really? Like they're going to run out of tourists. And here it is essentially five years later, which to be fair, there was a pandemic. But I do think this show is much smarter. Um, and that is what Jesse Green also essentially said. He was like, I hate jukebox musicals, but the show was smart. Each one of the characters. So I think they all have sort of a specific trope, but they also overcome the trope. Like there's a scene where Romeo is just like, I was never taught to deal with life like this because... I was spoiled. Like most people do like the show, but I feel like the main critique of the show is people said that Juliet never really had agency in the show and things kind of happened to her. And I'm like, well, she's the one that like sort of proposed that they get engaged because she didn't want to join a nunnery. She is very uh, specific about taking that action. She doesn't really end up in a super different place than where she started, but it's like the freshman year of college, making mistakes and trying to figure out What you want to do and who you want to be, and all that. And, like, to quote a Taylor Swift song, I didn't know who I was at 15. That's basically Juliet, (laughs) even though they aged her up. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Honestly, after watching it for the first time, I really had no notes for it. I thought it was very good. And I don't know, like, what critics are not seeing in it. And I feel like there has been, like, worse shit that have won. Like, stuff that, you know, panders to the mm-hmm. general public more that has won. So I just, like, don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. I
1: think it is just a little bit of snobbery, maybe. You know how, did you see that article that was like, all the Oscar nominated movies are really critically acclaimed, but they make no money because no one actually watches them. That sort of feel good show is sort of lost. So when we were talking about combining the gendered categories into one category, like best actor Across all genders and stuff like that, people were talking about how there'd be less awards. And I was like, well, the Golden Globes, you know, they divide into comedy and drama, which I think is actually makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of different things you have to do for comedy and drama. But the issue is that right now, especially for plays, you don't really see comedic plays that much anymore. I
0: feel like if they split awards, there would be. Like, it's just so hard for a comedy to win over. Exactly.
1: And that was my point, too. I Because, I mean, I am really excited for Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Okay. And, like, POTUS was really good last season, too. But, you know, there was True. no hope that that would win at all. Um but yeah, I feel like you know there's a lot more distinctions to be made outside of gender that would make a lot of sense, like that.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Because I feel like all awards are just separated by gender, but like there isn't really a difference. So, any more Tony discussions for Anne Juliet? Because um, we talked about Anne Hathaway, okay. obviously, and so it's probably still going to get a. Best it'll get Musical nominated nom. for Best Musical. Yeah, um, I think hopefully so. book obviously mm-hmm. choreography we talked about that yeah think i think it win book it depends how much people really like kimberly akimbo i just don't know if kimberly akimbo has like the potential to sweep right i think kimberly akimbo's
1: could still win book but i think this has a pretty good shot shuck just supposed to be really funny so that could have a shot too as for like actors and stuff, I think Lorna Courtney still stands a shot. I think it'll do well. I don't think it needs the Tonys to It could be
0: one of those shows that get the most nominations and no awards, And win nothing. <laughs> which yeah. has never which has never worked out poorly for the shows that end up in that position. That's true.
1: Kimberly Kim- just based on grosses, Kimberly Kimbo like needs the nominations more. And
0: Juliet is still doing fine. Wasn't there like a Mean Girls ad that was like specifically about this? There were like, no wins, but we're still running.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I know Something Rotten did something like that where they lost Best Musical and they had a shirt or something that was like, here are all the other shows that also lost Best Musical. And they listed a bunch (laughs) of like highly regarded musicals that had lost Best Musical. (laughs) What do you think they should perform on the Tonys?
0: Oh, right. Okay, okay. Okay. There's like not that many ensemble numbers, I feel like, or like mm-hmm. not ones that include the whole cast. Juliet just sings so much. Like, that goes crazy. She
1: does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think when I was watching, I was like, when is she? Like, I was literally like counting <laughs> the seconds when she was off stage because I'm like, I hope she's resting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the biggest ensemble number is probably Blow. But it doesn't have yeah. Romeo Also, I, I just I don't know about that because song Because otherwise you're just gonna get Juliet I I All could the see them doing
1: her. I could see them doing Maybe like I want it that way To Like a Juliet song I mean, if they do want to show off nominees And especially if they think Betsy Wolf has a good shot at winning They would probably do Either I want it that way or um That's the way it is But Mm. I feel like they probably would do a mashup or, like, a a medley or
0: something, right? Romeo really doesn't do much, huh? It's because he doesn't show up until the end of the first act. He has, like, two half songs and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is making me realize, like, just how not spread out this album is
1: <laughs> cuz
0: last last time for our last episode you were like I don't really know if Juliet would get a nomination because she doesn't really act that much
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is like fair but she just does so much
1: like, yeah she
0: she's does a lot stage, like 90% <laughs> of the time mm-hmm. and it's also like it seems like a very like physically taxing shit right it's like it's like, you know, if all those three-people jukebox musicals were just played by one person. It pretty much is, yeah.
1: We will be recapping more shows, so stay tuned and follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast now. And you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at BottomlessBway or email us at bottomlessbeway.com. So stay tuned for our future episodes, and we will be back later.
2: Sick of being told To a box No not again It's time